0: I'm the Nevada running back James Butler, and you're listening to Pac-Center. What's up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to Pac-Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with the sports scholar Garrett Hirschberg. Baseball's on a hot streak with two series wins in a row, plus pitcher Mark Nowazeski is making a name for himself with two consecutive Mountain West Pitcher of the Week awards. Garrett, is it too soon to say that this season is finally turning around?
1: uh too soon i i wouldn't say so because you look at this they took 2 out of 3 against Fresno State. Fresno State is a team with a much better record than the Wolfpack. Uh after the series they're now 19 and 20 compared to the 13 and 27 of the Wolfpack. Um is it too soon? No, because i i think the season's almost over for the team. Um there's only a couple more series left and I think that just now they're finding their groove. I think that the way they should look at this is try to get as many wins as possible, but also look for the future. Play some guys who play some guys who are coming back next year. Some freshmen get the, let them get some at bats. So
0: would you say maybe it's even too late for them to come back, even if they were to to win the next. The rest of their series. What does that do for them? They're not gonna
1: see the way that the way that baseball works is that if you win your uh, tournament, conference tournament, you get an automatic bid into the into the NCAA tournament. Now the Wolfpack could run the table and and make it to the NCAA tournament. Do I think that's gonna happen? Probably not. Uh, you got some tough teams out there like San San Diego State, New Mexico. Uh, they're tough teams with winning records. Uh, plus, Nevada just has been struggling of late. They play, they play, they go travel to Clemson. Clemson's a tough school. Uh, they got the U, they got the Governor series against UNLV. So I think that there's a little bit too less little of time left to actually salvage something. But as I mentioned earlier, anything can happen. They could run the table in the Mountain West and make get a bid into the tournament.
0: We're so we're sitting up fourth in the Mountain West. We're not in a terrible position right now. So if theoretically, if we do win, we do run the gambit, right? And we do win the next series going into the, going in, we have a chance of making it into the postseason. But <clears throat> as of right now, and as of the consistency that we've seen, uh, I don't know if two win series in a row means consistency yet yeah. give me three or give me four and we might be having a different conversation
1: yeah i think once we get to three or four that's when the conversation picks up that's when the team starts building momentum but they've won four out of their last six games so you got to give them props for that
0: yeah they're run by this pitcher that's been making a name for himself mark he, uh he he's been honored in the mount for the Mountain West Pitcher of the Week two weeks in a row. Uh, after uh, that seventy three victory over Fresno on Saturday night, he played eight straight innings and gave up six only six hits and two runs. Yeah, I th- think this guy is really gonna start performing more coming this last this last bit of the season. And I think he might be looking at this finish line the same way we are. They're sitting at fourth place. If they can run the gambit, they will be uh, going into a postseason.
1: I think for pitchers, it is harder to um, get back into a groove uh, because you only pitch once every X amount of days. Like You're not on the field every single day like position players. So I think that with what we've seen lately, Mark has made the most out of each of his starts. He's won his two straight games, um, and what we've seen from both of his last outings, they were impressive. They were good. Uh, Lots of strikeouts, long-distance innings pitched. And this is something you'd like to see out of your starters. You'd like to see your starters go seven, eight innings, striking out a a lot, and not only giving up a couple more runs, so that if it is a low-scoring game, you could give the – you could give the lead to your bullpen, and have them shut the game, shut shut out the game. Yeah. So, you mentioned that game that Nowiszewski pitched in. It was a uh, you said it seven to three. Also, another uh, high moment of the light. Chase Grant had his first career home run of the season, or his first home run of the season. He went two or three on the night with a three with three RBIs. Uh, in game one of the series. Uh, they, the pack did win five to four. Jordan Pierce went three or four on the night, on the day, with an RBI. He extended his hitting streak, or extended his streak of getting, of uh, games, got on base to twenty four. Trevor Sharpie uh, picked up his second win of the season. I know that's someone we talked about a lot at the beginning of the season as someone who can make an impact. He picked up only his second win of the season, going seven innings, uh, striking out six. And in the final game of the series, the pack. Did lose twenty seven to five. Mike Echeverria went two of five on the day, including a three run home run. Jordan Pierce uh, extended his streak of games getting on base to twenty six. Now that's impressive.
0: Yeah, Jordan Pierce is starting to really show his consistency, and I think that's where we're going to be really looking for going into the end of the um, the Mountain West uh, play. Is we need those consistent players to be playing more and more and more. You know, Mark Nowitzki, he wins all the games that he that he plays in. You know, Jordan Pierce he makes on a bay, uh he makes it to onto base every single game. And so that's really what's going to be important going forward is making sure we we get these guys the reps that they need. Uh, sp- looking forward, we got next game is on Friday versus Air Force at Air Force. That's going to be another series. Uh, this isn't going to be easy for us.
1: No. Nah, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, the Wolfpack do hold a better Mountain West record, but Air Force does hold a better overall record. As uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Wolfpack are 13 and 27 overall, with a 9 and 12 Mountain West record, and they travel to Colorado Springs or Colorado, and uh, Air Force's record is 19 and 20 overall, with an 8 and 13 Mountain West record. So this series could determine f- between fourth and fifth place in the conference.
0: We, have, with these guys, you have to look out for their third baseman, uh, Bradley Haslam. He earned uh, this week's Mountain West Baseball Player of the Week. These uh, stats are blow my mind. He we went 12 of 21. Uh, with 12 runs scored, 8 RBIs, 2 doubles, 1 home run, and 4 walks. He recorded at least 2 hits in all 5 games and had on-base percentage of .654 and a slugging percentage of uh, .810.
1: Yeah, looking at these numbers, they are impressive, sure. Um, Look, 12 runs, 12 hits, and 12 runs— Sixteen times on base in one week is impressive. Uh, you had eight RBI, two doubles, and a home run. All good numbers. Um, well, it's going to be interesting to see how he, what, what type of numbers he puts up against the pack.
0: Yeah, Mark now has asked. He's definitely got his uh, work cut out for him against a batter like uh, Haslam. Let's talk a little bit about softball. Uh they weren't as lucky as baseball this week. They did lose against Kansas. They went 1 and 2 uh, on the series. They won they won the first game 5 to 4. Nevada scored 5 runs in the 7th to come back and beat the Jayhawks. Garrett, what do you think is really going go to go on for uh the softball team going into the last bit of the season? I think
1: softball needs to rely on their star pitcher, McKenna Eisenberg. Uh, in game one of the series, she did pick up uh, her 14th win on the season, going all seven innings, striking out nine. Now, this is something we've seen a lot from uh, Eisenberg. She, whenever she pitches, she seems to come throw a complete game. Um, and I think that they just got to keep the losses to minimal and uh, find a way to get back, get back in the win column. Uh, game two featured the wolfpack losing six to three uh Nevada managed to only get four hits and it snapped their three game winning streak um I think that if you're gonna win more win games you gotta get hits three hit or four hits is not enough to win games uh and then in the final game of the series uh, the wolfpack lost 13 to five once again the offense struggled only getting four hits in back-to-back games um and I think one thing to look forward to is the team returning back to Reno uh, to resume conference play against Colorado State.
0: What's the deal with all these Wolfpack teams losing so badly in the last game of their series? We had baseball losing twenty-seven to five, and then softball thirteen to five.
1: Why? I-, I don't know if there's an answer to that. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's the pitching. I don't. Maybe it's just the. Are we cursed? I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't say we're cursed because I don't.
0: you don't. you don't believe in baseball superstition?
1: Oh, I do. Baseball superstition is alive and well. I just don't know if there are any baseball superstitions for softball or baseball. I'm sure each player has their own superstition, but what what are we going to do? <laughs> uh to to think that Nevada's going to win every game? No, they're not. Well, they're not going to. It's just face reality. I don't know why baseball and softball both lost big on Sunday. It, I think now that the baseball's worst is lost because you gave up twenty seven runs compared to the thirteen given up by softball. Do you believe in superstition?
0: Of course I do. Step on a crack, break your mother's back. You know, Friday the thirteenth is. I'm not out. I'm not leaving my house.
1: Really? I see. I I know people who Friday the 13th is their lucky day. Really? Yeah. How would you like to be born on Friday the 13th? I mean... It just happens.
0: It, it does happen. I, being born on Friday the 13th is like being born on February 29th. It, it's just one of those weird ones.
1: But, fri- but Friday the 13th occurs more than every four years. Rather than it occurs like sometimes twice in one calendar year,
0: I don't know why I brought this up <laughs> why
1: but yeah the uh getting back to softball talk, the wolfpack uh record now of twenty three and nineteen eight and seven in conference hosts the Colorado state rams uh and their record is twenty three and seventeen with eight and ten record in conference. What are we gonna look
0: out for for the Colorado state this weekend?
1: The Rams, I don't know. They're, they got a good overall record. Um, They got a better overall record than us. So I think that with this, Nevada could – Nevada has the lead over them in the stand Mountain West Standing, so I think they could extend their lead. But also, Carlos, they just played more conference games than the Wolfpack by three. Well, in basketball news, we've got more offseason move,
0: uh, motion – Johnny Jones was hired as an assistant head coach. Him and Coach Musser are pretty close. They used to uh, work together at LSU. Mus actually used to work for Johnny Jones.
1: Yeah. Uh, While well, Mus was an assistant at Louisiana State University, uh, Johnny Jones was their head coach. Now, Johnny Jones has had some prior uh, head coaching jobs before LSU. He was at Memphis. He was at North Texas. Also, um... Mus is not, or Jones is not the only LSU former LSU player. Besides Mus, he also joins, uh, as we talked about on the show before, Ronald Dupree. He was a graduate assistant at LSU a couple years ago, so it's going to be an, interesting to see how this trio works, the former LSU trio. I
0: wonder how it's like for Johnny Jones going from being Mus's boss to now working for muss
1: i don't think that there's gonna be a problem i think jones has the utmost respect for coach Uh muss and what he's done if he didn't he probably would not have taken the job and this isn't like an assistant coach this is the associate head coach so i think he's gonna be muss's right hand man in decision making and recruiting so i don't think that it's almost like instead of being like just number one being like one a
0: do you think this is all part of Muss's plan? I do think
1: tri- so. I do think so because Jones is proved. Jones, Muss, pretty have all proved that they recruit. Uh, they did recruit former number one overall pick Ben Simmons to play his college ball in Baton Rouge, so I think that that could help. Uh, you had tran- Rice transfer who we talked about a couple weeks. Was it last week?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh,
1: Marquise Letcher Ellis, uh, who committed last week, cited that Jones as one of the reasons. He felt comfor- comfortable playing for the Wolfpack. So I we've definitely have this um,
0: high powered coaching staff right now, and mm-hmm. it's gonna really change up the culture here in Nevada. You mentioned recruiting power that we're gonna get from these guys. What do you expect for the from this year? Seeing as the whole coaching staff has changed, and now we got this. This LSU pretty much as LSU coaching staff uh, are are we gonna see a lot of big changes?
1: I don't I don't think we're gonna see a lot of big changes because one um, we looked at last season last season there was big off offseason change you brought in Dupree pretty much an entire new uh, coaching this year you still got Dupree but like Hoffnagle's gone Rice is gone Dave Rice was a former head coach we saw how well Muss and Rice clicked so I think that. I think that the bond between these two guys, two guys, will be tighter because one they do have, they do have previous coaching experience, and they both have the utmost respect for one another. So I think that the Nevada coaching, coaching staff will be strong. There is still one position open, and it will be interesting to see who the Wolfpack uh, target as an assistant or associate head coach.
0: Yeah, they've pretty much covered the gambit with with the coaching hires that they have. And they have to make sure that they add someone that's going to um, really complement them.
1: I think they're going to look at someone who fits Mus' scheme in recruiting, coaching, and that's... If, uh, if a clone of Musk was available, they'll hire him immediately.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel like we're going to get another big name coming to Nevada. It looks like that's kind of the trend that's going on this, this offseason. And we totally deserve it. Look at the season that we had this year. Uh, Nevada's on the map now. And it's been on a really long time since we've been this good.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, it's, it's been 10 years since Nevada last made the tournament. And so it's good. To, it was good finally to see this this happen. And what's next? What's the next step? Win more games, get farther in the tournament, and possibly win a national championship. I'm not saying this is all going to happen next year, but you got to keep improving on an already incredible season. If you don't win the national championship, you can't call your season a success. Or you can, but it's not the greatest amount of success you could achieve in college basketball.
0: I mean, Muss is definitely on his way to creating his dynasty. What we got to work on in the coming years is being able to retain coaches and players and things like that. Uh, because Nevada has a really, really hard time keeping not only head coaches but assistant coaches. We had a lot of guys leave after just one season and get better jobs somewhere else. It's it's great for them, you know, and it really shows how great of a of a mentor must is and how great of a program we are. But we're not going to keep any consistency if we keep having to rehire people in the off season.
1: Can you blame these assistant coaches for leaving for bigger and better things?
0: Not at all. I, I totally agree with it. I feel like uh, it's kind of the natural order of things. The issue is it's hard to keep consistency with us, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, it is, but especially with the off season being as long as it is, it gives top players, coaches, and fans to get – or staff to get acquainted with one another – Like, there's summer workouts, there's workouts before the season. So I think that everyone, everyone's going to get used to one another. And so I think that there won't be, like, a big, like, overlay in time, like, of unfamiliarity between everyone.
0: So in other off-season news, we can look to women's basketball. Amanda Levins has been hard at work trying to recruit and get her coaching staff together. She hired Laura Gonslaves. As an assistant, uh, she coached with Levens at Southern Illinois University uh, and is also from Sparks, so she's a local girl.
1: Yeah, I think that with the way you see coaching, uh, both men's and women's basketball, uh, these head coaches, Moss Levens, are trying to get assistant coaches that fit their scheme, fit like what they want to do with the program. Levens has come out and said that she... Wants to win championships here at Nevada. She wants to put Nevada on the map, and so I think that if you gotta do that, it, it's it's not all just with the head coach. It's it's also with the assistants.
0: And she's gotta pick people that she has um, chemistry with. That's what uh, Mus is doing too. He's picking people that he's worked with it before in the past, and he knows that works. She's doing the same thing. She's she's worked with. Uh, gone slaves before at Southern Illinois, and they know that they work well together.
1: Yeah, they also hired Shannon Goulart. Um, while Levins was at, with ASU, so was Goulart. Um Goulart has a pretty rich background with uh, women's college basketball. She did play her collegiate ball at the University of Washington, a big, big-time school, and you have to know a lot of basketball or be good at basketball to be recruited by a big-time school. So I think that she'll fit nicely. Um, one thing Galar has a knack for, it's her game management. So I think that we might see at Nevada win, win a few more games or win X amount of games more this year due to the coaching staff yeah, and I, recruitment.
0: Women's basketball, looking at what – Amanda Levins is doing. She's creating that sense of family by having people that she trusts on her coaching staff. People that she knows she's not hiring based on necessarily application based necessarily um
1: she's trying to but, change the culture of Nevada women's basketball almost like what Muss did his his first year here.
0: Do you think Levins might be the new Muss but for women's?
1: See, I don't know. I think times time will only tell if the team has success then we can call her that but team doesn't have success maybe not
0: i mean she definitely has the opportunity to to make a name for herself and Are do they, it, and do it and she has coach must there as a mentor if she needs it you know she can look to see the success that coach must had making nevada basketball well known even on the campus when he was he was petitioning for people to come out he was and they're handing out flyers like come to the games that could be Levin's the next year.
1: Athletics has put put the ball in Levin's court and now it's time to see whether or not she delivers or not. I hope she's
0: up for the challenge and I you know my I have faith in her
1: It will be interesting uh, at the start of next season to compare how the team looks versus how the team ended last year mm-hmm. to see the transformation of not only the students or the athletes, but the coaching staff because we know from last year women's basketball games no one really went. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes.
0: It's definitely going to have to be a culture change. You know, if yeah. she really wants if she wants to come out here and be and be different than any other women's head coach in, in the past, she's got to grind. She's got to really work at it. And it's if, it's not it's easy to get people to come out to men's basketball games, you know, but the culture behind people, especially colleges, no one, no one goes to women's basketball games unless you're like UConn, you know?
1: Yeah. And if you truly want to be coach Musk or Musk 2.0, you got to change the culture. We, we've we said this multiple times, Musk petitioned or passed out fires for people to come and come to games. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again.
0: I would be surprised if it didn't. I think you would be. I would be surprised because if I would if I was Levens, that's what I would do because I've seen it I've seen it work. I've seen that it can work here on campus and if you can make your team good enough that you want that people are going to want to come out and I think that our team has the potential if you if you put the work in the off season.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um you never know we don't we don't know how how what, well this team's gonna be you still got recruiting you still got uh coaching vacancies to fill so you truly never know until game one how well the team is gonna you don't even know how you never know until training camp starts how what the potential of the team is gonna be
0: we've got a lot of off season still to cover
1: oh yeah the season just ended like what a month a couple months ago for the Wolfpack? A month ago. Yeah, not even a couple months ago. Exactly. So it's... it's still the long grind of get players getting in shape, players getting ready for next season, coaching staff getting ready for next season. So I think it should, it's going to be an interesting journey for not only Levins but the coaching staff.
0: I totally agree. Uh, last week we talked about women's golf. They were halfway through their tournament. Uh, it ended. They ended up. Still in sixth place. They stayed the same where they were the following week. Um, They finished with a 47 over par. That's not terrible.
1: That doesn't. For a team? as As a
0: team, it's not bad. I mean, looking at how we were sitting last week, we had two players that were really, really high above par. So to see that we're only 47 above par, you know, and we still beat out teams like Wyoming, Colorado, and Boise, I mean, we were competitive to a certain extent. The only issue I have with this is that who won?
1: Oh yeah, I, we all have a problem with that.
0: Rival UNLV won for the second consecutive year. They've always been really good at golf. It's what's one of their things, you know. They got a They got three points towards the Governor Series, uh, but Nevada still remains well ahead, 18 to 12.
1: Look, they're not good at football. They're not good at basketball. Let's give them golf. They can, yeah, just give them golf. They
0: can take women's golf. That's yeah. fine.
1: But well, we had a couple uh,
0: golfers uh, coming well in. I mean, freshman uh, Mary Nishira, she recorded a top 10 finish in her conference championship debut. Her fourth top 10 of the season. And then junior Thielen Ku also posted her best round of the championship with a 1 over 73 in the final round.
1: Those are still better than whenever I could golf. Yeah, I can't golf. If if I probably would have golf, I'd probably finish 47 over par just by myself.
0: I I'd give up in the first hole. I'd be like, I can't do this.
1: You'd give up before you, you'd you'd see this uh club or the snack shack and just spend all day there. Hey. <laughs> what? I'm not I'm not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong.
0: Well, that's the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for tuning into Pack Center. I'm your host Jordan Burns again here with the sports scholar Garrett Hirschberg. Please don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at PacCenterNV, and a special thanks to the Reno School of Journalism, Wolfpack Radio, the Joe Crowley Student Union, and the Reno Bike Club for helping us to produce our show. And again, as always, go Wolfpack! Pack. Yes. Hey, just forget the wins, it's the best to use
1: Won't you follow me into the jungle?